Welcome to the Barrel Room Chronicles. I'm Carrie Moynihan, a certified bourbon steward, former bartender, and all-around whiskey aficionado. I travel the world to explore whiskey from every avenue. For the last 20 years, I've been helping others tell their stories through television, film, and other media. But now, I'm taking my love for whiskey and my experience in the entertainment industry to uncover the fascinating stories of the water of life. So kick off your shoes, pour yourself a dram, and join me for this episode of Barrel Room Chronicles. Fine wine has long been a cornerstone of wealth generation and preservation. The problem? Historically, it's been reserved for the ultra-wealthy. VinoVest is changing that. Wine has one-third the volatility of the stock market and has outperformed the global equities market over the past 30 years with 10.6% annualized returns, proving that the returns can be just as robust as your favorite red. It is so easy to get started in diversifying your investment portfolio. VinoVest makes it easy to acquire new investments. Equipped with a team of world-class sommeliers who evaluate wine and determine which ones will gain value over time. You own the wines in your portfolio outright. You can buy, sell, and even drink them whenever you want. Go to httpzen.ai slash Barrel Room Chronicles to receive two months of fee-free investing. Be sure to mention that Barrel Room Chronicles is helping you save on two months of management fees. It's time to start investing with VinoVest today. It is 5 o'clock somewhere, and you've tuned into episode 10 of BRC. For those of you who'd like to watch this episode, it's available on our website, YouTube, and Spotify. Today in our Tales from the Still segment, I speak with the founders of Bespoken Spirits about their three-day maturation process. That's right, I said three days. Then later in the show, Chef Louise Leonard dishes on a cookie recipe that might surprise you in today's World of Wheezy. Welcome to another edition of Barrel Room Chronicles. On today's show, we have Stu Aaron and Martin Yanoshik from Bespoken Spirits, and they're going to tell us all about their whiskey journey and their spirits journey and how they went from a wee little lad all the way to creating this beautiful company. So let's start with Stu, since you were online first. Stu, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you, uh, where did you, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Where do you live now? And what, what got you into the spirits world? Great. And uh, the short answer to what got me into the spirits world is the other guy on the call here, uh, Martin. But we'll, uh, we'll come back to that in a, in a moment. I guess I think of myself as a recovering Silicon Valley engineer, born in uh, New York City, grew up in, uh, in various parts around New York and New Jersey, spent uh, about a decade in the Washington, D.C. area before I wound up here in California, where I've been for the last uh, 25 years. Spent most of my career in Silicon Valley, working for a bunch of uh, Silicon Valley startups, Built a, a bunch of companies from uh, from the ground up to uh, to some pretty uh, substantive businesses, and after uh, a, a pretty lengthy career of doing that, Martin planted the seed of what if we could apply all the the principles and the lessons we learned from building companies and developing technology to something that might be a little bit more fun and more fun to talk about. Okay, and uh, that's how we got into into this space. And in reality. I wasn't much of a uh, whiskey or spirit uh, aficionado or connoisseur before I met Martin. He's kind of pulled me in that direction. So I've got more of the everyman's palate, whereas he's got the uh, the refined palate. But that distinction and difference between us, I think, makes us a very complementary and powerful force in creating spirits that everybody can love, whether they're the uh, the tried and true uh, aficionado and, and expert, or whether they're more the uh, newer novice inquisitor looking to get into the space. 
That is awesome. And how did you guys meet? And how long have you known each other? We actually first met 15 years ago uh, when we were both uh, working for another sustainability-oriented company, which was a fuel cell company here in Silicon Valley called Bloom Energy. Uh, Martin, I would love to hear your story from childhood till now. And how did you get, uh, how did you talk Stu into doing all this with you being a, um, a spirits man? And um, what is your favorite spirits? And yeah, just tell me the whole thing. <laughs> okay, I'll try to remember all these things. But yeah, thanks for thanks for having us carry here. So I was actually born in the Czech Republic in a town called Pilsen. And that's where probably, uh, probably apparently the first Pils was brewed. So I also brew my own beer, of course. And But I grew up actually in Germany, spent 25 years uh, in Germany, getting a PhD in material science. Then I moved to Austria for 10 years and came to Silicon Valley 17 years ago. That's, and yeah, as to said, we met about 15 years ago. I was running the uh, technology development for the, for the fuel cell company and Stu was doing the BizDev development. And uh, favorite spirits, I remember that question that you had that. <laughs> favorite spirits, of course, it's bespoken spirits, but there are definitely a couple of brands that that I've always, I always liked. I don't know whether I should mention specific brands, but you like can, Blanton's, yeah, for mention. instance, Blanton's is one of my, is one of my uh, favorites. Unfortunately, getting a little bit uh, expensive for my, for my, for my pocket, but yep. But I'm more the guy who kind of likes to try multiple things, just like, I don't know, I think I think you do a lot of wine podcasts. It's not like that I like to drink the same bottle of wine every night. I really, really like to try to think, uh, drink every, actually different things. So my wine cellar, you won't find a lot of uh, bottles that I have, like five or six. I usually buy maybe one or two. Right. And the same is too for spirits, right? I just love to explore uh, different things. And that, that was kind of sort of also the start of the idea of being able to customize uh, the maturation process for spirits. And that's how I approached uh, Stu. And yeah. So Stu, did you say, what are you talking about, dude? Like this is, <laughs> this is a big far reach from what we're doing here in the Silicon Valley. Or did you say, yeah, finally something fun to do? How did that go down? It was definitely more the latter. Good. It was, uh, you know, this just makes perfect sense, right? If you think about the fact that the majority, you could argue, of a spirit's value gets created during the maturation process, when you're just kind of helplessly, but hopefully and passively letting nature take its course. Um, and that Martin's proposal was, what if we could take control of that process? Use the same traditional elements of wood, toast, and char, no additives, no chemicals. But if we could reimagine that process from the ground up to give control, to allow us to you know, design the spirit for a precise aroma, color, and taste profile, to do it quickly so that we could learn from a lot of mistakes to hone in on what's really good, and then last but certainly not least, do it in a sustainable fashion where we can use less wood, less water, and less energy and have zero angel share, which is, you know, the, the biggest travesty in the industry is how much of the product just goes out the window before anybody gets to taste it. And so, you know, that, that combination of values really just struck a chord with me. And having seen that kind of disruption succeed in other industries, I thought, why not? And again, this is one that, uh, you know, that would be a, a lot more fun that, you know, building the next app or, uh, or, you know, de designing the next chip. 
True. So what was your first step when you guys decided to do this? Did, what was your first step? Looking into a space or designing things? What, what did you do first? <laughs> well, maybe I can answer that because just just like any 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 good Silicon Valley startup, we actually started started in my uh, in my garage and more out of, out of necessity than anything else. Right. So so kind of cleaned up half of my garage. The other half belongs to my wife. And then, and then that's where we, that's where we started and kind of, kind of to, to Stu's, to Stu's point, right? What got next to that? I love to eat, love to drink, love wines and whiskeys. What really, really inspired me was the, was the whole learning cycle idea, right? To be able to go through the maturation process significantly faster by orders of magnitude, right? Being able to actually really learn because uh, we will probably agree if you let's stay with wines right if you would start today from not knowing anything in wine it would take more than one generation probably before you could really really make a good a good good, good wine right so it's a very uh, experience driven um, uh, in industry same as too for whiskey making good and here the idea of being able to learn so fast where right? we could get all this data and we might get into this a little bit more Right, where we measure things, right, whether that's from a tasting, whether that's from a chemical fingerprint, where right, that helps us to learn so fast and then change things, try things, and and understand what is actually really going on in the maturation process. So, from this first day in your garage until the first bottling, how long? How long did that take? Hmm. I'm not even sure legally whether I was allowed to bottle anything, right? But we started probably a year and a half later. We 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 started selling our first at the at the first retailer. Oh wow! I mean, that's, every that's three quick. days, we're able to produce a new bottling, right? So the reality is, we had you know yeah. we had six yeah. or nine months of producing really bad stuff before we started to you know to hone in on what was the right combinations of things that started to really you know make things that that we and our our, our tasters loved and then after that that was kind of the, the inflection point where like we've got something here. once once we started winning all the blind tastings with the the friends and family we uh we knew we were we were onto something okay so how many different spirits do you do i know you have whiskey and rye but what else do you what else do you produce well i think the first thing to realize is that there's actually two parts to our business so at the core of this business is this technology platform we've developed that lets us do this. We call it craft maturation. And we use that platform as a behind the scenes uh, technology platform for providing services to other people in the industry. So a lot of our work is actually Intel inside kind of work where we're helping other people in the industry uh, either make their, um, their spirits better, faster, cheaper, or to tailor them to specific you know, profiles for the, the sensory vision that they have in mind. Wow. And then okay. the other part of our business is the bespoken branded products of which you're, you're, you're tasting some today. And within the bespoken portfolio, we currently have seven uh, SKUs. Okay. Um, six of them are whiskeys, and then we have a dark rum. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. But we've also done work for our, for our other customers with brandies, with gin, with agave-based spirit, um, et cetera. That's very cool. So without giving away your top secret information... Uh, what is it that you do that makes the the maturation three days? I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> Stu, do you want to answer because then I don't go too much into detail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the simplest and highest level way to think about it is that um, we've deconstructed the barrel. Okay. So rather than the, 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 the old method, which is to take a spirit and put it in a barrel and then just wait, 
we take the barrel, we deconstruct it, we take the elements of the barrel that are most impactful for what the result that we want and put it together with the spirit. Wow. Um, in our, our machine, which we call the activator, where the okay. ACT and activator stands for aroma, color, and taste. And by carefully selecting and hand blending the wood mixture that we use and put with the spirit into the machine and then controlling in the machine the environment for things like temperature and pressure, uh, atmosphere, things like that, um, we create recipes to get specific results. Wow. And between the, the source spirit, the wood mixtures that we can use, the way that we can toast and char that wood, and then the environmental settings, we have over 20 billion combinations that we can use wow. in creating recipes to create these, these very different results. Wow. So how many of these machines do you have and how big are they if they're going to be making all this <laughs> juice? Let's just say we, we've got enough and they're big enough. And the beauty of them is if you think about each machine as like a computer in a data center, if you want more capacity, you just add incremental machines. Wow. And it's very easy for us to, to do that with, you know, just a, a small amount of lead time to add capacity as we, uh, as we grow our business. It's a lot more exciting on the inside than it is on the outside, I can assure you. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so what was the first spirit that you ran through there once you honed it in and you said, okay, this is it. What's, what's the first spirit you worked on? So very, actually, very early on, it was uh, a bourbon mash bill. Okay. Like I said, I started out of my garage and there are not too many uh, white dogs that you can buy right in, 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 in retail. So I started, I started with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with the mesh bill that I was able to buy and to Stu's point, right? We kind of did uh, blind tastings using that mesh bill and then also using, using the traditionally aged, um, uh, spirit and then going, doing, doing blind tastings with the, uh, with the with the with the spirit that we made, uh, because we don't use a, a barrel in that specific case, right? Or we don't mature in a new oak charred new oak barrel. We only put it in a barrel for a very short time, right? It was a it was a spirit that we called bourbon mash, right? And actually, our original batch, uh, which you don't have, but it's a black label one. That one is sort of one of our, yeah, more or less one of the first recipe that we started selling. It was probably recipe number maybe like 2000 or so that we tried. That we wanted to make a bourbon, we wanted to make an American style whiskey, right? Part of it was because we are, because we're in the US, because we are in California, but also we wanted to make a bold statement, right? By, yeah, using a bold whiskey and, and it's bottled at 50, 50% um, ABV. And uh, it's very similar to the one that you're going to taste uh, uh, today. And we can talk a little bit probably about the differences. Great. Then. So where is your, shall I call it distillery? Or what do you call your workplace? Yeah, so my garage is not active anymore. <laughs> so we <laughs> Call the police. He's still doing brew out of the garage. <laughs> And we have two locations. So we have actually what we call our R&D lab, which is in Menlo Park. That's where we do all the recipe development. And then we have a production site on Treasure Island. Oh, nice. I don't know if you're familiar, it's a little island between San Francisco and Oakland. Yeah. Uh, where the Bay Bridge is on. A lot of people have driven uh, over Treasure Island by using the Bay Bridge. Not a lot of people stopped there, but it's been How currently regentrified. And it's actually really it's starting to be really, really beautiful there. The views I, uh, have, have always been wonderful. Yes. Um, <laughs> as I was telling Stu before you got on, uh, I am from San Jose and went to school at SFSU. So oh, I'm very okay, familiar okay. with the area. Very and uh, 
I've gone over the bridge many a time to see that beautiful mm -hmm. island. How did you mm -hmm. manage to choose that location and how did you even get that location to do that? Yeah, so again, out of necessity, right? Looking, we wanted to, uh, yeah, uh, looking around what uh, what spaces were available. And one thing that is on Treasure Island, there are already a couple of couple of distilleries. So we kind of co-located with a couple of our colleagues there, and so it already has, yeah, it already has some history. Uh, people you know not too far away, uh, the people who make vodka, and then also first first craft distillery in the U.S. is also not too far away. So it's a, a very nice neighborhood where also people can help each other out. Okay, fantastic. Well, I think it's time to taste something. So should I go with the <laughs> bourbon first or the rye? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, th I think I think the bourbon. So yeah, All bourbon. Right, yeah, the bourbon. <laughs> Ah, the best sound. Right, yes. isn't it? <laughs> I already poured earlier because I always like to kind of pour it a little bit and kind of have it sit a little bit to have it start. It's almost developed. Well, it smells like bourbon. Definitely you, smells like bourbon. What are your first aromas that you're getting, Carrie? Well, I'm getting the corn for sure. And I'm getting uh, a little wood. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we taste. Wow. That is a good bourbon. Thank you. Thank you. That so it's maybe a little bit history here. So the mesh bill is is a is a high rye, twenty-one percent rye, like seventy-five percent seventy-five percent corn, and then five percent malt. You've got some and great legs on this too. Thank you. You're clearly a wine person when you talk about legs. <laughs> <laughs> I was a wine person first, but, uh, but the sulfites and tannins didn't agree with me, so I moved on to whiskey. Yeah, that's delicious. Mm -hmm. I would. So how long? So this is like a three-day mm. process. This what you, what I'm drinking. Yeah. So in this case, right, due to all the laws that are around uh, whiskeys and. Uh, more specific, I guess, in the US, right? You probably know that for something to be called a bourbon whiskey, it has to be filled. I think it's literally filled or stored. I'm trying to recall what the what the what the words are. It has to be filled into has to be stored. I think I think into a new charred uh, oak barrel. Doesn't even right. have to be American oak, which is kind of an interesting point. But so in this case, what we what we had to do we um, we do new fills. Right, we order new fills. In this case, we worked uh, on a spirit that we got from that we got from MGP from Indiana. You're probably probably familiar with them. They've been it's a, it's a place with a lot of history, and and so it was prob probably around somewhere around three months old uh, before we applied our maturation process. So that we that we are in, in line with the with the with the regulations. At that point, the spirit is still more or less white. Right, very young, and then we applied uh, the process for 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 three days, selecting the wood, toasting, charring the wood, according to the recipe, and then after three days we can we can bottle the spirit. That's so crazy! I just can't believe it. Three days. That's, I mean, this is first of all, it's a very good bourbon, like very good, I, and it tastes. I like it. 
I was expecting it to taste kind of new makey, like just off the thing and it's gone through and okay, now it's got some color, but it still tasted young. This doesn't taste young. This tastes like mm -hmm. a, a fully aged several years, even maybe an eight or a 10 year. It's, mm -hmm. it's astonishing you. to me. This is crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, I think it, it's to your point, right? It, it tastes and smells and looks like a bourbon and it is a bourbon. <laughs> that's the big point right you get all the complexity right i think you get even on the finish right if you kind of look at it it still warms you up nicely the right? yeah. so we bottle this is 40 47 abv you it on purpose so it goes beautifully and old-fashioned you can you can you can have it neat you can have it on a rock and you can enjoy it a little bit longer because of the higher abv it's very creamy and I do taste a lot of the rye, and that's probably why I like it. If you follow the show, you know I'm more of a rye than a bourbon when it comes to American whiskey. So whenever I get a high rye bourbon, I'm very pleasantly surprised. Nice. I can't wait to see what you think about uh, the next one. All right, let's try it's it. Also, I think it's, it's worth highlighting that you know the quality was very important to us, right? We weren't doing this just because we could. We weren't doing this to try to produce, you know, poor quality knockoffs. We, we, we used this process because we really believed that by controlling maturation, we would get some amazing quality products and being able to, you know, not just match existing products that are great that are out there, but mm -hmm. unlock a whole new set of, you know, flavors and, and, and profiles. And the real testament to that has been how well the products have performed in competition, in blind competition in particular, because it's amazing mm -hmm. how when you tell somebody what we do and then they taste it. There's always that, oh, well, you know, maybe I taste a little bit of something that's not normal, right? But yeah, well, but, when you, in the rye. but when you taste it, you know, blind, that's where it really tells. And our, and our products, our seven SKUs have taken home 85 medals. Wow. Uh, in just our first two years. That's um, and that includes insane. several double golds, uh, several category winners, like the, the ones you just highlighted for the, uh, the rye there. Um, and we're really, we're really proud of that because that speaks to the fact that no matter what you think of our story, that the quality of the end product uh, really speaks for itself. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try the Rhino. Also has really good legs. It's a nice dark color. Let's try the smells. Like a garnet oh. dark color. Yeah. And That's just much... to, to point, right? So this this spirit, this way has already won twice best in category at the World Whiskey Awards, right in the UK, but also. That was that was last year springtime and just recently at the world spirits competition in in new york it is a super high rye so it's 95 percent rye that is delicious so um when i make my manhattans i always mm. go with a rye manhattan and i usually I make it as a rye a perfect manhattan and then i substitute um orange for cherry but this one, I think I would leave the orange. Um, but I would definitely, I'm going to try this in a Manhattan later. I think it's worth trying both, yeah. I've also heard from a lot of people who actually use this, who make, it, who make it old fashioned with it. And they believe it just comes so beautifully through. Yeah. The spices and the complexity. And well, this is one of the spirits I could, I can, I could, I could nose all day long and because there's just so much going on it is and it's got a light it's it's got this light kind of almost floral scent but then when you taste it it's totally not that at all and i i just mm -hmm. that's just mm -hmm. awesome so later in the show we have chef louise leonard um on who will pair and cook and she chose oh. this expression 
because she and I both are, are more rye fans than, than bourbon. Um, <laughs> so stick around for that and uh, enjoy what you what you learn from from her ideas there. Mm. Love it. Now I see. I see. I let her taste it first because I like to. I try. I try to hold off tasting anything until mm-hmm. I'm on air with you guys, mm-hmm. so I can get the you know the real okay. pop. But um, she tasted it first so that she could make the recipes. And I was kind of hoping this morning. I was like, oh, I just want to try it right now. <laughs> She's like, I was amazed with this. It's great. And I didn't even tell her about the backstory, about that it's a, okay. you know, okay. the way you guys make it. I just let her go with with what it tastes like. So. Yeah. I'm always I'm always amazed how whenever I taste um, our spirits, uh, just talking about the rye right now. Right now I'm getting a lot of this milk chocolate Mm-hmm. Right on more on the finish actually, right next to the vanilla, and I'm, I'm always amazed how our sensory system is just so so varies also depending on the time of the day, etc., and what you can really taste, and then like that everybody, a lot of everybody gets something different when they taste uh, spirits, yeah. when they smell spirits, and because sometimes it's layered and it's really really hard to hard to figure out what certain things are, so that's why. It's true. Very true. So, Stu, I'm going to ask you first, what, uh, what is your favorite expression that you make? And it can be the whiskey, the rye, or the rum. That's either one, any of them. <laughs> so, of, of our portfolio, my favorite one is our American light whiskey. Okay. And, what's, um, and what, I, what makes it a light whiskey? Is it a rye? So is it a bourbon? It's, a, it's actually a corn mash. I mean, it's, okay. a, it's a bourbon. Um, but, um, you know, as, as you probably know, light whiskey doesn't mean it's low calorie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it means that it was distilled at a higher proof and therefore it winds up being lighter in color and lighter in harshness. And that's one of the right. things I like about it. It really packs a nice punch. It's a hundred proof, but you wouldn't know. It's very right. smooth to drink. And for my less refined than Martin's palate, it's got just a real nice combination of sweet notes to it that I really enjoy. It's got uh, you know honey and marzipan I get a lot of when I, uh, when I drink this one. And it just, Ooh. it goes so well in cocktails okay you know, a, a nice uh, godfather sour is, is my favorite you know a splash of amaretto with our american light whiskey and then a little bit of sour nice. and uh, i could drink those all night um and you know just be very content okay and martin what about you which is your favorite spirit that you make mm, i'm gonna say i have two sorry and, and the, the that's bring, okay so it, it's the rye and that we already talked about it just because of its complexity and then sort of the sort of the not sure complete opposite from color at least it's our it's our uh, special batch which we also some internally call our japanese inspired okay. uh, spirit as you can see from a color much lighter right and and it it has just those beautiful floral fruity notes right it's very smooth it's just pu- it's just drinks like it, the reason we call it Japanese inspired because it reminded me a lot of one of my f- other favorite 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 brands that is out there and 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 I literally thought I'm drinking and drinking somebody else's whiskey <laughs> but and it goes beautiful by itself I've seen people literally filling a whole Chardonnay glass with it, it it's a little bit lower proof it's 45 percent but again you can't tell that that it's even that high wow. and then goes beautiful in the highball Right, with some, uh, my, my wife created this beautiful ginger syrup, right? And just with that in a highball, it's just oh, mind wow. blowing. 
Delicious. I just uh, <laughs> I had a few people over for the Oscars uh, recently, mm. and um, and that was what I was making was uh, with some whiskey highballs with mm-hmm. some with some good syrups and stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm down with that. I'm gonna have to try that when I see that. <laughs> now, where can I find these bottles other than you know calling up your PR lady and saying, hey, I need you to send me some so I can taste them. What what uh, what? Where can you? Where are they sold in the yeah. U.S. and are you outside mm-hmm. of the U.S. yet? Yeah, so to make it really the easiest is really go to our website, right, www.bespokenspirits.com, and we have a store locator, and there you can search for um, for restaurants, for bars, or for stores if you want to support your local retailer, and or you can also order through the website, uh, you know, with a three tier system, and it will be will be delivered to almost all the all the states in the U.S. You have to uh, put in your your specific address to make sure that uh, due to different laws from state to state. But so the easiest is really to go online. Uh, we are in California in 250, I think, to write roughly retails on, on premise, off premise, but wow. okay. the store located. Great. And are you out of the country yet or no? We actually have shipped product. Our first out of country was uh, South Korea. Where oh, wow. people were just super excited about the quality and the combination of quality and technology and spirits. What is the five-year plan for not only Bespoken Spirits, but also for your technology that you're using to make Bespoken Spirits? You know, the, the beauty is, as we've said you know, earlier in this, in this chat, is that with our fast learning cycles, we're just always learning. You know, we've, we've made, probably at this point, we've made tens of thousands of different spirits. And we've learned from them and we gather all the data and we do chemical fingerprinting. And that allows us to really kind of get better always at mastering this, this maturation process. So we're going to continue to, uh, to offer uh, new products and new, new flavors and new, uh, new types of spirits to the, uh, the market. We're going to continue to build the uh, Bespoken brand and continue to, uh, to lend our, our services to the rest of the industry. Um, to uh, to help everybody in the industry that wants to to, to do it to get uh, better product uh, that's uh, also happens to be more sustainable at the uh, at the same time. Right. Very cool. And then tell me how you came up with the name and the design for the bottles. Stu, you want to talk about the name? Was your yeah. idea? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the name can't really comes from the fact that what we're doing by taking control of the maturation process and doing craft maturation is letting people tailor their spirits to the exact profile that they wanted. So we thought of the bespoke suit, you know, that evolved us to thinking about bespoken. We like bespoken because not only does it have that tie into the, the customization and the, and the tailoring, but also we feel that the products we make are so good that we want it to be spoken about wide and far. Very cool. And what other expressions are you going to put out besides whiskey and rums? Are you able with this technology to do any white spirits or can you only do aged spirits? Yeah, we really focus on the on the maturation process, Kevin. Right, so that's why we also don't distill ourselves. We always work together with a distillery, whether it's local or from somewhere else, to kind of give us the base spirits. So all our spirits that you will always find will have some color from the that comes from the wood. But it's interesting to see, uh, think about the opportunity to actually do it with spirits that maybe traditionally are not really barrel aged for all kinds of reasons, right? Or it has been done, like in case of gin, right? Gin used to be transported in barrel just like whiskey and it turned to be brown liquid too, right? People don't mm-hmm. do it today anymore. 
probably because they didn't want to wait, right? <laughs> and and so so we have the beautiful opportunity to apply it to all kinds of different different spirits where barrel aging has also not been applied to. Well, guys, can you tell us our audience where you can find you guys? Are you you're online? You're let's get your website, your socials, and all of that good stuff. Yeah, like Martin said, website is uh, www.bespokenspirits.com. Instagram is at Bespoken Spirits. Those are the two uh, best and easiest way to engage. And uh, we're always eager to hear feedback from our, uh, our customers. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for sharing your spirits with me today. Uh, I'm still like in awe at how good they are for three days. Metric. I mean, I've had some other people attempt what you're doing and eh, they weren't very good. But, uh, but this was a very nice surprise. So everybody out there, if you don't believe that this actually works, I'm here to tell you this stuff is fabulous and I love it and you should go try it because it's amazing. So thanks guys for being on the show today. Thank you. Oh, thank you. World of Wheezy is up next. Stay with us. If you like what you've seen on BRC, you'll love what's coming soon in the Barrel Room Parlor. As a member, you'll have exclusive access to various spin-off series, including The Cutting Room Floor and the Telly Award-winning series Kindred Spirits. To create your membership, visit www.barrelroomchronicles.com and click on Become a Member. Once you have chosen your membership level, you'll be able to enjoy all the extra content it has to offer. You'll even be able to participate with the show by commenting on videos and other posts. Don't wait! Sign up today for exclusive content in the Barrel Room Parlor. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and hello, Louise, and thank you for joining us today on the show. Today we have, I gave you two expressions to try from Bespoken. One was a rye, one was a bourbon, and I'm going to guess, being that you and I are both rye fans, that you chose the rye, but maybe you'll surprise me and chose the other one. I chose the rye. So you'll have to deal with it. Nice. And you want to know what? I chose the rye specifically because I wanted to pair it with a chocolate chip cookie. <gasps> what? And well, and not just any chocolate chip cookie, but a chocolate chip cookie made with rye flour and toasted caraway seeds oh. in the chocolate chip cookie. Wow. Also topped with sea salt. Ooh. Let me tell you something. This was a redonkulous combination. Delicious. Delicious, delicious. So I started making these chocolate chip cookies a while ago. And I was, I don't know, I was just playing around. And I love the taste of rye bread. I love the taste of caraway. I think that it is a spice that is underused. If you are not from a part of the world where caraway is used all the time, I think people don't know what it is. You have no idea how many times I serve somebody like braised cabbage that happens to have toasted caraway seeds in it. And people are like, what's in here? And I'm like, it's caraway. And they're like, oh, it was familiar, but I didn't know what it was. So I do these chocolate chip cookies with rye flour and toasted caraway seeds and sea salt, obviously then sugar and chocolate chips and all the other usual suspects in a chocolate chip cookie. People freak out. They're like, this is the craziest cookie I've ever had. And guess what? It pairs wonderfully with this whiskey. So I, I bet. Well, I'm going to have, you're going to have to make me a dozen of those and send them over. So when I, when I taste the, uh, the rye that I can maybe even dunk it, what do you think about that? 
No, not it doesn't do the same I as mean, milk. I, yeah, I, 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 I am not here to yuck anyone's yum. So you do. <laughs> cool. Well, those cookies sound delicious. Can't wait to try them. And I will uh, see you next time with our next spirit. And thank you so much for being here. Sounds good. I'll see you later. For show notes on today's episode, please visit www.barrelroomchronicles.com. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. If you really liked it and want to show your support, buy us a whiskey through our Kofi site. If you work in the whiskey industry or run a whiskey bar or club, and you'd like to be featured on Barrel Room Chronicles, register to be a guest through our website. Thanks for joining me. And until next time, Salonjava. Barrel Room Chronicles is a production of First Real Entertainment and is distributed by Anchor FM and is available on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.